questions about where we're at right now before we take a break? You talked about um, the emergent list of the, the abusive father idea, and it seems like uh, they're stuck in the first couple verses of Galatians 4, where it talks about children and slaves needing overseers. And is that, is that the best way to look at it? Is they're kind of stuck there, even though they have some concept of God, but they, they need to, to grow up a little bit with it? Or Let me think I might respond to that, because I, I, I'd really hate to prejudge where somebody's stuck. It would seem to be that they have this Old Testament view of God that trumps the New Testament incarnation of God. At least say that about it. Their Old Testament view trumps that, and in trying to harmonize the two, the problem you get is this. If you're trying to harmonize the two, just, yeah, God's real mean here, and then he's loving here, you've kind of got Jesus sneaking down being the good cop, God's the bad cop, and the carrot and stick for whatever we need. The problem in the long run with that is that we never find God to be the Abba and the one we can trust and love and, and live in relationship with. So you've set up this problem and as any abused wife knows, it doesn't take you every day coming home beating up your wife to be an abuser. So someday you come home with flowers and apologies and you're just the apple of his eye and everything's wonderful. And then, you know, two weeks later comes home and drunk and beats the crud out of you. And so I think the problem with people have who, who don't see Scripture as a story and they've got this Old Testament paradigm pretty clear, they can't move out of that first part of Galatians 4. They, they really, and maybe that's what you mean by stuck there. They, they, it's the tutor, and here's the law, and if you don't do it, and that's how they've chosen to live. That's how they've seen it. And there's certainly a lot of evangelicalism that teaches that. There's certainly more of it that says, you know, until you give people hell, you can't really give them mercy. Until they know what they're guilty of, you can't give them grace. And I'm going, gee, I don't think Jesus did that. I think Jesus wanted to impart grace to people. It's, you know, sin we understand. Our fallenness to sin, we get that. We don't get what grace is. And how grace invites us into a relationship that's transforming. And I do think there's a whole segment of the body of Christ that misses that because they've seen salvation as just getting on the good side of a mean God rather than God isn't who we thought he was at all. And I think even I can make that case from the Old Testament. I don't need the New Testament to make that case. And that's why Jesus, I think, takes him back on the road to Emmaus. He makes it from the Old Testament. I have a good one, but it probably doesn't apply. <laughs> Or I'll answer it next week. Okay. <laughs> Should I try it? Sure. I notice it's kind of what this gentleman said in front, but we have a proclivity to want to have the law. So much to the point that people who have a relationship with Christ get very, very angry at people who don't preach the law. Why do we, and again, not that you would know, but I'm just wondering, why do you think we want that so bad that when somebody preaches grace, it causes the eye. I mean, you deal with the emails all the time. In my mind, this is another subject, but that's, that's true persecution. It is. And Jesus warned us that the people that would persecute us would think they're doing God a favor, that the, a lot of the persecution is going to come from this crowd, which Jesus got it from, the people that think they know God better than you. And to whatever point you disagree with them or don't side up to them, then you really become anathema to them. And, the, and even the tactics they use, what we like to call the doctrine police, even the tactics they use are so identical to the Pharisees. It's not just, man, Wayne, I see that differently and I'm concerned about... They just make up stuff about me on blogs. I've read stuff about my history that had to be made up. There's nothing in my history that even lends to that story. 
And people just sit down and they make up something to discredit you. Or they, or they say, you know, Wayne's one of those emerging guys. Never been an emerging guy, not an emerging conversation. Don't dislike people in the emerging conversation. I'm not against it. But they, people will call me emergent because that will, dis, dis, you know, guilt by association. That takes a whole lot of people out of listening. Um, I, I do think it's fear, and I think it's related to shame. And I don't think people really want the mean God and really want the law. I think they feel stuck with it. I think they feel like they have to have it because of the shame of the fall that hasn't been resolved in the cross. Because we really haven't preached the cross in a 100 years in the way that it was preached in the early church. We've kind of bypassed the cross for a reason we'll talk about when we get to the Old Covenant. And we really, actually, a lot of Christianity in the 21st century is nothing more than Old Covenant priorities with New Covenant terminology slapped on. And so we think it's New Covenant, but it's actually not. It has the same priorities. Again, we don't see it as a story. So, well, that's in there. We have to follow it. And a lot of that law teaching comes from Old Testament. It doesn't come from the New. And actually violates the story that we'll talk about more. <laughs> 